First of all, thank you for all of your help in not only attending these Dharma talks week after week. I see a lot of you here over and over. This uh, creates uh, part of the three jewels. The last one is uh, probably the most important one is the community or the Sangha. Quite often it's overlooked a little bit or not much energy is put into community. So thank you for helping with that. This morning's Dharma talk is titled Enlightenment. There's a fancy word I don't use too often. But enlightenment, realization, seeing the truth, no longer being deluded by any damn thing, including your family, your mind, your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband, even your teacher, no longer confused by anything. It's distracting to see someone in a, in a phone because it's something you see everywhere all the time. So to see that in the Zendo is a little disconcerting or at least distracting. But is that confusing to me? Yeah, <laughs> it is. No different than you are. A little difference, but it's very, very slight. It's a hair's breadth. At that much separation. Enlightenment has no substance. You can't find that. You can't locate it. But the ego mind, the subjective mind, the self-centered mind is constantly looking for something. So if it's been looking for a degree in psychology and it gets that, and then, it, then it gets a, a perfect mate, then it gets that, or semi-perfect, or one that's kind of perfect but keeps getting worse, but you'll work with them, you'll train them. You know what I'm saying? Constant story, story after story after story, about, about, about. The big A word, not awareness, which is the other big A word that I emphasize, but about. About anything that shows up, then we want to know about that. And what do we do when we do that? We leave what is in front of us, which is the truth, for what we think about it, what we know about it, what somebody said about it, what I ought to say, what they shouldn't have said. And if they hadn't done that, then this wouldn't have, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have. I don't think I need to go any further with that. You need to see this yourself. This is what this community is about as far as I'm concerned. And for whatever time I have left here, uh, that's what I'm emphasizing. I sometimes say, I don't care about how you feel. If I buy into your feelings, uh, then you buy into your feelings. And then the next thing you know, you have no recourse but to believe a bunch of things that are lies, untrue, backed up by intense feelings, emotions. But if you can't see that as a Dharma gate, then you'll, you'll believe your stupid melodrama about your life. You'll be on stage. You won't be able to stay in the first row. You'll be sucked into that craziness of she said, he said, they said. He did this. Then he did that. Then you know what he did next? The gall. He wasn't a gall. He was probably just an Englishman. You have to see it. And, and when I say see it, you're not going to see enlightenment. It has no substance. You can't see enlightenment. But what happens is we go, when we go for our graduate degree, then that sets the tone for what? Materialism, spiritual materialism, scientific, scientific materialism, material materialism, just getting something, getting something. We're always trying to get something. It is not necessarily necessary to stop that or to go without food or to not eat after 12 noon, or to be celibate, or to live up to any standard. If you, as long as you're living 
to standards and you just die and you come back um, 100 years later and born again. Not you, you're, 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 you're not born, consciousness is born. So consciousness, once it leaves the body, can be blended with anything. You could come back with, uh, because of the dependent origination, you come, could come back 92% uh, demon. When I say demon, I'm just using it as a negative word. There's no horns. There's really not even any red eyes. But it might show up that way so you'll know what it is. Because otherwise, it'll just look like another blue-eyed Nordic. You have to see this yourself. This means that you have to see it with your awareness, not with your eyeballs, not with your nose, tongue, body, mind, anything, not anything, but just awareness. And if you're seeing and looking and appearing and receiving with your awareness, you will not know what you're aware of. Because if you know what you're aware of, this just reemphasizes the separation, the otherness, the ego trip that most people are on. Enlightenment, awakening has no substance there's nothing there's nothing there this is why this has prompted some teachers to speak about this in different ways his holiness the 16th karmapa which i quote have quoted over the years dozens of times if not more when he was uh, dying in 1981 in chicago or near chicago he said to the vajra regent ursul tenzin nothing happens This does not mean things that aren't changing, getting green, turning blue, getting warmer, getting cooler, moving faster, moving slower. The relativity is not being denied, but what is being taught. Is that there is no occurrence. If you think there's an occurrence, then this is the subjectivity being just munching away on that vitamin pill on that nutrition of otherness, passion, aggression, ignorance, warfare, peace, fear, warfare, peace, fear. Those are not separate from each other. People say, we have to have hope. No, you do not. You do not need hope. Hope is just a, is just a stand. It's a filler until fear comes along. And then it, the bed is all made. A fear walks into the house and hope goes out the window and say, I'll be back later. It says, yeah, I know. So I'll take a nap. Or else it runs around scaring itself. That is a duality. Duality. This is a duality. This one over here and that one over there. Or my voice and your ears. Dual. Those are not separate. You cannot hear my voice without ears. It takes two situations there. As long as there's an embodiment, as long as there's a physical manifestation of consciousness that has been downloaded into this human form. You're not limited to this human form. There's a, this consciousness can go anywhere. So please, not for my sake, but for your sake. I don't have a problem with this. I know where I'm going, and you don't. You don't know what's going to happen at death. I do. And how do I know? I'm looking at it. This is not separate from death. Life and death are not two. I have to break down and sob for you? I can. I do it often. You have to see it. Not just buy into your stupid thoughts about everything. I know that feels safer, but it's a relative safety.
See what this is. Never give up. Return, return, return. This is not a bunch of concepts. This is this is Sokazan the Simpleton. It's very simple. Just see it. I don't have any any other thing to say. It's that, it's that simple. And it is that extremely difficult because the ego is wound up in knots from beginningless time. You think you've lived 32 years or 18 years or 75 years? Not, not true. Not true. It's not too. It's the dualistic mind, the ego mind, the subjective mind grasps passion, rejects aggression, and shuts down, distracts. Consciousness can do whatever the hell it wants. And if it's motiva- motivated by those three poisons, then it will continue to circus, to circle around and around and around the ego form, protecting the ego. It's like a, in the Old West, the wagons that go around it protect the settlers. It's that obvious and that obscure. See what this is. See what it is. Smell, taste, touch, hear, think. Very direct. Enlightenment has no substance. It it isn't something else. Enlightenment is a relative word so that we in the relative realm that are attached to right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, good feelings, bad feelings, passion, aggression, ignorance. So that we can see that it's not separate from everything else. But you have to see everything else all at once in order to see that is awakening. Awakening is seeing no separation. If you need concepts about it, you don't see anything else but this. And you know this is unreal. Relatively real, yes. Up and down, back and forth, life and death. Pain and pleasure. It's unreal. Ultimately, it is unreal. It has no, there's nothing there. Because consciousness has finally, after all these decades, all these centuries, in this being that you are, has finally sees what this is and is not tempted by anything, not afraid of anything, not afraid of death, not afraid of life, not afraid of anything, because nothing can threaten what this is because it is not separate from anything else. It is consciousness only. And it's not just your consciousness or my consciousness. It's consciousness only. Only. That's what the O, only. There isn't anything else. And that's a relative way of describing something that is completely impossible to describe. As I said to Munoz this morning, I said several things, but I'm only going to repeat one of them. I said, if you realize, after I'm gone, you realize this, what this is, you would just burst into laughter at how, what a fool you've been. All the war, all through your life, all the fighting, anxiety, the difficulty, realize it. If you realize it, there's no conclusion. If there's a conclusion, it is not fruition. 
That's that's back a ways. There's ground, which is suffering, and the path, which is train the mind, awareness, uh, the three jewels that will support your, your path, your practice. But realization is not a conclusion. There's nothing left to conclude anything. And because you're still in a human form, you will see this. There won't be a conclusion. It's like everything is a punchline. It used to be called a cosmic joke. But that's a little bit too conceptual. Then we start to talk about, well, what makes it cosmic? And, and I, I can see the humor in it, but uh, we start to chat about it, write books about it, undo it. Liberate yourself by looking at your chains. Look at your confusion. Look at the crap that arises in your mind that seduces you into pushing, aggression, pulling, or uh, adjusting, or blaming, or blaming this way, blaming. It doesn't make any difference where you blame. Just observe that. If you observe it and try to fix it, then you continue to spin. You might as well be jumping from the merry-go-round to the teeter-totter, or from the teeter-totter to the tilt-a-whirl, or from the tilt-a-whirl to suddenly you find yourself in the Coney Island of the mind. You do it with awareness, and you do it without even leaving your house. You don't have to go on a long journey to India, or to Portugal, or to Tanambogo Gobutu, which is an island in the Pacific. You might want to jump, you might want to go there one of these days, if there's anything left of it. No substance. So therefore, if you think you've found something, you haven't. If you think you've not found something, you haven't. If, if you any thoughts you have about anything, are missing the point. What is the point? Just this, as it is, name of the, the evening meditation at six o'clock, as it is, it's just this. Every time you sit down, this is, what, this is what Dogen was trying to point out in the 13th century. This is Buddha. This is Buddha, not this old man. This is just an old man coming apart every day. Doesn't matter. See what this is. Yourself. Get your body and mind, the whole complex to the wall, and observe, 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 observe. And when you get worn out, then go take a nap, but then come back and observe some more. That's a nice painting, Greg. Who is that? must have gone to the bathroom. Give me some questions. You have them? Don't hesitate. Wunderbine, uh, does consciousness see substance through this body-mind? The way I, the way I understand what I, I understand you're asking about, I would say yes. Say so we we see this is substance. Uh, I'm thinking about um, having a, some water. That's sub, just a thought about water, and the water itself are separated, but they're really not separate. Fundamentally, not separate. Different frequency. Different, the illusion of past and future is here. In, in thoughts, there's no past or future. 
And if there is, that's an illusion too. More? The mind is sub, uh, consciousness sees substance in thoughts. Well, we're getting kind of technical, you know, it's kind of a, a bunch of constructs that go into there, I would say, probably. Yoke bowing, does consciousness have substance? The word uh, that what, con what the word consciousness is pointing to as I see it, uh, no, there's no, there's nothing there. Substance is a relative term that can be taken lots of directions. This, there's substance here. I can pound on it, I can make a noise. But the incense smoke uh, is also substance. I can smell it with one of my senses, but I cannot contact with my, with this sense. You see, you see the contrast there? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, that goes on and on and on. It gets more and more rarefied until there isn't anything at all. But that doesn't mean there isn't consciousness. Consciousness has no form. So therefore, it's looking around for anything it can find. It finds this. It actually creates this. This is consciousness. This is a rising in consciousness. Consciousness, you can't locate it because it has no location. If you wanted to talk about it at all, you'd have to say it's everywhere or it's nowhere. What looks like substance in our thoughts? We believe them. We have a thought about something, and then we, we double up. You could just receive a thought and, and do nothing with it, which is what is being recommended in Chicken Taza. Don't do anything with it. Sit still. Thoughts arise. Fine. You don't even say fine. You just don't do anything with it. It goes this way. It might change. It might knock on the door for a while trying to get your attention. You don't do anything with it. Don't accept it, don't reject it, don't ignore it, look away. So it, it only has a substance that you impute. Rising and coming and coming and going are are just it has no uh there's no velcro there. Got a low battery here. We're we're low on technical help today. Where are all the technicians? Are they hiding in Vermont? We're all doing we're all Many things. <laughs> We're all many things. That's true. We're, we are understaffed. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else on Zoom? Should be a, there's a lot of room for questions here. I've just made us uh, even the talk title itself. You could certainly question that, couldn't you? Round path and fruition, suffering and the path, and then the realization is enlightenment or realization or uh, some other fancy word, possibly samadhi, anusha samyak sambodhi. There's the fancy, uh, no farther, can't go any farther than that. That's what that Sanskrit is saying, basically. Anusha, no, not farther, nothing farther. Samyak, completely this. Sambodhi, completely un, 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 um, un, incomparable enlightenment. Sambodhi, Bodhi, enlightenment. Bodhidharma, enlightened truth. What a nice name for that guy. Yokudo yes. Go ahead, Yokudo. I'll get back to you. Yes, go ahead, Yokudo. If um, 
enlightenment, if this is so simple, as you say, and it's just this, why is it so rare, Bowie? So it's it's not rare in that it's not there. Everyone is uh, has Buddha nature. Everyone is completely awake all the time. But the, the challenge there, the difficulty there is the mind that has been downloaded into this body form century after century, lifetime after lifetime. And are there past lives? I don't know. I'm not interested in past and future. I'm, lo- I'm looking at this. If I look at any one of you, I see all your past lives. Do I see like uh, when you were a, a hermit in India in the 13th century and climbed a mountain, fell off and died and then was reborn 15 minutes later or 1500 years later? No, I don't see that. But I just described it, didn't I? Is that real or unreal? There's no way to know that. This is what quite often researchers in this area like uh, Stevenson would go back and try to interview people to see if this baby had this name and see if someone lived in this time. And I'm not saying that couldn't show up some, but it's not consistent enough to be worth anything. The best thing for you to do is to realize this, realize this, look at this incredible gift you have, being in a human form, this precious human form, precious human life. Don't waste it. Don't miss your life by shutting out what is arising in your mind stream, no matter what it is. You shut anything out in your mind, you are, you're, you're going right back to another lifetime, possibly in uh, Somalia, possibly in Nepal, somewhere else, not here. Did I get close to your question or did I wander off into some other place? Yogodo. Yogodo buying. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if you if you don't ever realize that you're enlightened or if you can't realize that because it would be a conclusion. Yeah. How do you not just keep going as if you're you're not enlightened? The keep goinger comes apart. The, the the identity, the subjectivity just comes apart, collapses from being looked at so much and not believed, not disbelieved. This is important. It isn't like you disbelieve ego. Don't do that. Ego, ego is an illusion is unreal. You don't need to get rid of ego, but you see what it is. You see that it is unreal. It is vividly unreal and emptiness, yet there's still form. To quote my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa. More? Oh, thank you. Well, you're quite welcome. Yes. Earlier, I think you said that there was a hair's breadth difference between you being confused by people on their cell phones and the yes. confusion. What, what is the difference? It's just a hair's breadth. Not much. So I don't try to I don't try to stop my emotions. If I see that, it, pardon me, I almost said that bad word that starts with an F, freedom. <laughs> I, I get irritated by it. It just triggers that. So, but I'm not trying to stop that. I'm not trying to be this wonderful person who never has anger and never has irritation. But it can't find itself, so it gets triggered by dependent origination. Stop.
Stop fighting your mind. Stop fighting the stuff that you're feeling. Don't fight anything anymore. Be genuine. It might take a few uh, explosions, as you see happening here. Don't fight with anything. Nothing is separate. There's nothing to correct. Nothing is wrong with anything anywhere. Everything is, as they said in the, the, the Zogjian tradition, Wang uh, Chempo being one of those gentlemen, everything is perfect. This is perfect. This is the great perfection. But you have to see it. If you don't, then yeah, this needs adjusting. I need to push on that, push on this. I can't be thinking that. Everything is welcome. All the negativity is welcome. So when I say hair's breath, I'm saying it just clicks. I see it. And I'm fine with the negative feelings. You're not. See the difference? It's a hair's breadth. If it, it's not much. It's just that you get pissed off and I don't. But it's the same emotion for you as it is for me. It's just that what you do with it. You, you abandon what you're feeling for something about it. Like it shouldn't feel that way. That's wrong. I can't be doing that. I can't say that. I can't say so we try to stop the outflows rather than go back the outflow of anger, pointing a finger, yelling, arguing with someone. More? Come and get me. You can risk pissing me off, of course. I don't have another question coming up yet. That's fine. Thank you. Sir? Question from Josh on YouTube. Josh Bowing, what does it mean to be genuine? Um, see how much you lie to yourself to start with. See how much when you're, uh, Josh, see when you're shaving or maybe you don't shave, brushing your teeth, look in the mirror and see how much you're bullshitting yourself about everything. Constantly reifying negative thoughts about everything in order to substantiate, reify, use that word again, and build or protect that imaginary self. You are, you are not a separate being. Your body is separated. Your fingers are separated. This is the one I often use because it's, it's kind of an obvious, simple-minded example. This finger, and then this finger, and this finger, and this finger, and this thumb are all separate. They all look a little bit different than each other. And they're separated, but they're fundamentally not separate. It's a hand. It's a hand. You can't take this separate finger in the other room. If you do, it's not going to be comfortable. So it's just a simple idea, but it's, you can the same thing with thoughts, emotions, feelings, memories. They hang together because of the hand. They hang together because of the, the body-mind complex that is bringing that together. But when this dies, all that goes, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no way to trace it. It is too complicated. Right now, your, your body is protected. Your mind, your body is protecting you from consciousness that is wayward and looking for a uh, host. Train your mind. Don't go into the intermediate state or don't go back into the elements uh, without seeing who this is, or at least having the intention. Even the intention to see this, who this is, even if you don't realize in this time, that intention never stops. The path of liberation does not stop if you don't give up on it. If you turn around, then that turnaround is going to show up in the next life. Am I threatening you with something? No, and I'm probably wrong. Speculation based on having looked at the nature of consciousness for 50 or 60 years has been my main focus, if you want to call it a focus. It's coming from there. It's not an opinion. 
it's from looking at it, looking at it. And when I say it's not an opinion, that's why I'm saying, I don't know, maybe I, I've got it all wrong. Maybe we should talk to Jordan Peterson. He's got everything all figured out. I'm always making fun of him, uh, not because he's silly or stupid or saying, no, he's brilliant. He's, he's his own worst brilliant enemy because he thinks he's right about stuff. And do I seem like I think I'm right? That's a rhetorical question, therefore you have to respond. That's not any funny anymore, is it? Are you smirking at me? Okay. Kayun bowing. Yes, Kayun. Until we see what this is, should we refrain from outflows bowing? So thank you for the question. And the outflow would be, you see what's going on between you and your friend or, or your enemy or your cohort, whatever, and then they do something, trigger something, and you feel angry, but you're going to just douse it, which would mean I'm not going to say anything because you're trying to control your outflows. And I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is be aware of the outflow without engaging the vocal cord. So allow the, when I'm saying allowing, it's not actually that word. It's the other way word, awareness. Uh, be aware of the energy. Be brave enough to have that negative energy come right up to the edge of the vocal cords, but don't open your mouth. Come right up to the edge of your clenched fist, but don't point your finger. So feel the energy. You, you can do that by practicing shikantaza so that you get more and more acquainted with how your emotions work, how they're triggered. Study the 12 links on the chain of existence. Study it, study it, and see how something is started uh, through ignorance and then ends in death. It's, it's not, it's not a negative, it's not pessimistic, it's just, if you look at it, you can see, well, I, you can just about identify with every stage in there in some way. Some of them are a little bit more difficult, especially the ones just before birth. Those are a little bit more becoming is a difficult one to, to grasp conceptually. But somebody understood it somewhere who was, had, had, was brave enough to come in and say, it looks like it's this one. It looks like this is what happens there. And I'm sure if we went back, maybe with the help of Chisho or someone else, and, uh, and actually went through the Sanskrit words for that, we might go into each one of those words. It takes a lot of study to understand the conceptual elaboration that is happening there that someone comes in and goes this way instead of that way, because this seems to suit that particular thinking process that is tied into consciousness, which is trying to understand what consciousness is. I know you're following me. I'm not going anywhere, so I'm very easy to follow. More? Painted cloud? <laughs> bowing. So this is another example of a hair's breadth devi deviation. Yes. It's just the hair's breadth is, actually, there's no separate separation, but the hair's breadth gives you an idea that it's not going to take much as long as you're looking in the right place or you're receiving Looking is an active form of talking about it. As long as you're receiving, receiving, not, not approving, no stamp of approval on anything, not rejecting, no pushing away, no stopping, no closing the gate, and no ignorance or turning away, distracting yourself into what might be easier to look at than, than uh, the feeling of not knowing what the hell this is. The not knowing is what starves ego. Ego will start to feel 
hungry for some kind of support and will look out look for something to console her or him or them. Some kind of consolation to, well, it's going to be okay because uh, there's always impermanence. We, we, all kinds of things that can, can come up. And even if we do that, then it's the awareness that we're doing that, not stopping it. That's why it's so difficult. Just the path of transcendence is impossible to attain relatively. It has to be done ultimately. And what is that? Return, returning to your true nature. You can do it. You're, you're only trapped in this realm for a while. And you're going to go back and forth and back and forth and be locked up by your own thought patterns over and over and over again until you see what this is. Liberate yourself. And then you can see how heartbreaking it is to watch so many people torture themselves over really nothing. They haven't lost anything. They haven't gained anything. Nothing has occurred. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. At the same time, everything is obviously happening. There's you can see it. Well, of course, things are happening. Well, no, they're not. Hi, and bowing. So the other day when you were talking about the three C's, somebody in the Zendo had asked about silence. And I think you had said that being genuine looks like silence. So when we feel the energy of the aversion, say, in conversation with a friend, and it gets right to the cliff's edge of our vocal cords, and we can maybe even hear what our response would be, but don't outflow in that way. Is that an example of silence as being genuine, bowing? Uh, that's uh, very well delineated. So uh, you made it just about impossible to respond to uh, with anything other than silence. Okay. But if you want to take what it is you want to know and, and, and ask me that rather than try to catch me in some kind of existential trap, <laughs> you're not going to catch me. You can't find me. I don't have a location. I'm already gone. I don't know where I went, but I'm already gone. Go ahead, please. Just painting clouds over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. <laughs> Hi, Yoon Boeing. If I feel that intensity and re don't say it, don't, don't do anything with it, is that being genuine, Boeing? I would say it is if you're not concluding that, if you're not, if that's not happening and you're, you're coming and you're wrapping that up in some kind of Christmas wrapping, you know, genuine, finally, genuine, I finally got it, genuine. So without the conclusion, I think there's some path quality there. It's still path, it's not fruition. But when, when Trunk Parampache says be genuine, which is what, where I'm getting that from, my teacher said that, uh, he's basically saying my understanding of it. If we were to talk to him, uh, you might say, well, no, that's not exactly what I But the way it looks to me and the way it's uh, meant something to me is to be the crap that you're trying to get rid of. Uh, not, not to be that and condemn yourself with it or sink down into it and just be depressed and, and t take a Wellbutrin or something, although you might have to do that. I know what your karma is about. I'm not against Prozac or any of the other more up-to-date or modern ideas of that. That's, you know, may need to do that. 
all that chemistry stuff I don't know about. But it, but it is a, it's the intention that is so powerful. As I've said, have the intention to see the truth no matter what. So that if you do pass without realizing, then when you pass, uh, you, you, the intention will be, will take over everything. I don't guarantee that. I can't guarantee it. That would be silly. That would be disrespectful of me towards your karma to guarantee anything. I don't know what it's like to be you, but I certainly know what it's like to be this, uh, be trapped in this body mind complex for decades and decades and decades. Is that trapped anymore? It's both trapped and not trapped. It's trapped just enough to respond to your question. But not so trapped that I'm going to lie to you about anything. Cayenne bowing. I guess I'm feeling trapped because I want to see the difference between not stopping an outflow and not just giving myself free reign to be an asshole because I feel that way. Okay, then, then that area right there is what happens is we think there's a right and a wrong. And so we try to, there's still some kind of a controlling mechanism that's wanting to make sure I can be genuine, but not be a shit. And so that area right there needs to be looked at. There's still path. Continue to look at that. I'm not saying you take it to the cushion and contemplate it there. Unless if it shows up, then, then it's like any other thought that's showing up. Just watch it come and go, come and go. But there will be no conclusion there. It's like... It, it's like you're on the train and you're going, but you're not at the station. Don't get off that train. Stay on the train. Stay on, stay in the intention to see that. Those look like polarities that you have to get off and join one or the other, but don't do it. The intention to be genuine is to stay right on that and be confused, be irritated, be swamped by that emotion. And if you're sitting in front of a person that, that is stirring up something like that, receive everything that's there, not just their words or their, or their, uh, finger shaking or their uh, dismay about what you're doing, that you aren't aligning with what they think you should do and all of those things, you're not understanding and all the other complaints that come from the so-called other, then just receive those as best you can. But when you receive that, also receive everything else that's coming at you through all the sense fields, including how your butt feels in the chair, how your hand feels on the tabletop, the sound of the traffic. I'm not saying do it as a, as a, um, as a, a goal setting, I'm saying just flash on it, flash on the fragrance in the room or the odor or the, 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 uh, how much moisture is in the air. Uh, all of those things are coming at you at the same time are available to you at the same time, the thought patterns don't get rid of the thought patterns, but bring in other aspects of the body mind complex that are also on receive. You're all, you're always, uh, the, if I say to you, you smell smoke, you don't have to suddenly change gears and stop thinking to go and say, let's see now, do I, let me hook up my nostrils and all that other stuff that's hooked to that and see if there's any smoke in the room. You immediately could say, no, no, I don't. Do you? And then, because then you would be curious if someone else smelled smoke and you didn't. So then that's, that's the way consciousness seems to work. There, there's a incredibly immediate CCC, communication, cooperation, collaboration, when it comes around something that's dangerous, we immediately drop all of our personal crap and go right to what needs to be looked at. 
Have you noticed? That's how it works. So stay on the train. Just continue to look at the the area between those until that, that differentiation starts to come together and you realize that those are not two different things. When you do then spontaneous, then choiceless, then you live your life absolutely straightforwardly all the time, even though people might be accusing you of all kinds of crap. So it's not that you don't hear it, receive it, smell it, taste it, hear it, feel it. It's just that you don't agree. This is important. You don't disagree and you don't ignore it. And this is where this is where liberation starts to show up on your doorstep, whether you whether you'll open the door and go out and receive it or not. You know, don't know about that. That's that's your bailiwick. Receive, 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 practice receiving on the wall so that when that day, when in the middle of your Bodhi mandala, your enlightenment circle that you sit in 24 seven, when that shows up, you don't panic, get freaked out and run away, that you actually allow it to show up because it, to ego, it feels like death and it can be extremely scary and threatening. It can be terrifying. I was lucky I didn't have any terrifying things. They're all very easy for me. I just kind of opened up and thought, well, maybe if I do this then I can maybe teach people stuff. So I'm kind of a uh, dummy. Further questions? Bowing. Ross bowing is every is everything that appears trying to teach this my mind stream question mark bowing. Yes, if you're a student, everything is teaching. Everything is teaching you all the time, everywhere. Every word, everyone's face, uh, every every fragrance, every everything, everything is saying to you, not separate, not separate. It's saying the fancy word for that is everything is the Buddha. Everything is teaching, preaching the Dharma. If, but you have to receive it. Every voice, every intonation, every negative look on someone's face is not separate, not separate. It might say it a lot more than that. So yes, Ross, receive, be a student from now on. Bowing, another question from YouTube from Eric. Eric Bowing, can it be helpful for all beings if we can receive the anger or negative energies arising with us and transmute them into compassionate action outflows? I don't teach that way, and it sounds pretty, it's too, it's too complicated. You know, people teach this way, and I would say, you know, are you, do you have a degree in chemistry or something? Not you, but... You know, do you, are you, you, is your job something where you have to think a lot and show off? He's not responding. Eric Antaya. Eric, straighten up. <laughs> I didn't know it was you. <laughs> Eric, go and make some more of those paper things that you made that you gifted me with. Make, make, make 50 of them, all different. Make some more of those. But what you said is relatively it's accurate. You could actually write a pamphlet on it and people would read and think, well, that's the guy's kind of on it there. But it's, you don't need to hear, you don't need to do that. Sit down, hold still, look at the wall and watch the way you continue to grasp, reject and shut down without interfering with that. Do not improve. Improve, but get to the wall and notice the lack of improvement. 
still is he still there no but uh ross said thank you bowing and i have a question from josh again josh bowing how do i develop compassion so it does not care about results um, so you 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 look at the lack of uh, compassion or lack of caring for others and the self-centeredness that you're constantly doing everything for me 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 so you, you have to look at that quite a long time before compassion will arise without pretense the kind of compassion that quite often is talked about is pretentious compassion people want to appear compassionate they want to act compassionately and it's not that we couldn't do some of that i might even say anybody might say you should treat people with respect and be kind to people if you can but it's not it's not like performance art you don't just get to act compassionately and then actually use that to cover up your own negativity because you want to you're more interested in the ego appearing like a passionate person so that people will say you know he's so kind he just never puts himself before others bullshit now, i can say that how do i know Many years of doing that myself. I'm not glaring at you. I'm glaring at the person there. Josh. Further questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I was struck by the, when we did the meditation earlier, the, um, instructions i think it was from your book on meditation okay. it was um mentioned stillness as yes. like a key to the meditative practice i found that interesting just like thinking about the physical body being still and not really in the mind could you talk about like the relationship between stillness and enlightenment as a way of, i don't know yeah, yeah. i could i can put it very simply if if you if you are if you see what this is which is just enlightenment if you if you no longer at war with anything no longer at peace with anything no longer have any position on anything because there isn't anyone to have a position then that's both stillness and movement at the same time at the same time it's called non-dual advaita is the fancy sanskrit word Dvaita is divided ah is negative not to it has to be it has to be described negatively because if we do it positively then that just makes us feel like norman vincent peel norman vincent positive the power of positive thinking has everybody read that no don't read it just read the title read the title of the book that's enough you don't need to read anymore more so it's, I guess, so it's not so much about stillness, this recognizing stillness is just one aspect of it. Well, a little bit. It, it's basically about just being aware uh, of whatever's arising in the mind without grasping passion, without rejecting aggression, and without shutting down those. And, and how do we, what does that feel like? It feels like you can't, you can't control it. And that's the ego. You're actually, that's the way to get close to the ego is see what the ego is up to and then don't interfere. Because the ego doesn't realize that it's unreal because it's aligned with a consciousness that is balled up into a hope and fear, hope for something better, fear of something worse. And it'll, that fist will be tightened in your heart and in your mind until you see it. You have to see the fist. And the only way to get close to the fist, that ego in the consciousness, is to look at its productions, which are what? I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be. It should be. They shouldn't be happening. He shouldn't be saying that. Uh, they said this and did this. Why does that make me feel so terrible? Why can't I just say, well, what, what do I care? I mean, they're, they're, I don't need them to agree with me or be, well, well, 
So we chatter at ourselves about it. And that what that does is that ego just eats that up because it loves to be talked to. Shut up. And how do you do that? Sit still, watch what moves until the, the consciousness itself becomes so, to use a relative, so powerful and so prioritized that no matter what arises in consciousness, it is not grasped at being real or rejected as being unreal or What's the other one? Grasping, rejecting. What's the other one? Grasping. Oh, I oh, certainly am. Grasping. Uh, so grasping is passion. Oh. Yeah. Re- rejecting is aggression. What's the other one? Huh? It's not coming to mind. Ignoring. Yeah, and that's it's harder to see that one because the very nature of ignoring is you don't see anything, but the nature of passion is doing something, meddling around, fooling, pushing, pulling, blaming, blaming. Uh, taking a stance on anything. Don't don't choose anything. You'd be amazed how much easier life is if you don't pick and choose. Don't do anything with anything that arises. You'll still get fed. You get hungry. You will go eat. Anybody feeding you? Uh, one time is time. Okay. <laughs> probably be all right then. Further questions? Yes. It sounds like negativity can show up and have nothing to do with the three poisons. Is that, is that right? Like if negativity or anger shows up for you, it's distinct from the three poisons? No, it's just the three poisons. No, I'm, I'm still here. I have ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. I'm, I'm here. So I'm, I'm a person. You're a person. People. We're just here. But I'm looking at something and that you are covering up. And what I'm, I'm not just saying eyes, I'm saying everything, I'm receiving this. And you're covering up, covering that up. So that's what I'm suggesting, asking you to do as a student, which you are a student, is to see what it is, realize it. It will take a while. There might be a lot of very dark negativity that you have to continue to look at, move into, and look at, and move into. As Trungpa Pache said, march directly into disappointment. The path to awakening is one disappointment after the other for ego until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself, which is not exactly disappointing. It's disappointing initially because the real the, the ego part of the consciousness that is unreal realizes it's about to be just found out. So that's disappointing. It doesn't get to be included in enlightenment. Very sad. Poor thing. Goodbye. <laughs> How is it that you're saying you're here, but then you also say there's no one here? I'm here. Consciousness is here. This is moving. You're here. I'm here. We're all here. Present, you could say. So, but there's there, there's no central there's no central uh, identity happening here. And there's no central identity happening there. But you don't see that. You keep creating an identity uh, out of being afra- afraid of the unknown. And uh, and be magnetized by your your hopes of, for something better. The hope that you'll uh, be free of suffering. Good question. Keep going. Don't stop. Just take it apart. Well, divine, it seems like you're saying that you can both be localized in this body mind and yes, the consciousness. consciousness once consciousness is liberated from the belief in a separate self that there's somebody here 
who's better than them or worse than them or has some kind of differentiation based on relative values. Uh, and you think you, if you think you make choices about anything, I'm not saying that you don't want to make this choice from here to do that and put that course, very simple. We do that. But if you, if you are in that area where you're doing that, then the, the consciousness is localized in the body, in the hands, or in the speech, or in the mind, in the, what we call the mind or the brain, or whatever you want to say it. But if you're liberated, the consciousness has no, has no location. You no longer are trapped in a body. You're liberated. It isn't making, I'm sure it makes a difference. If, if I die uh, today or tomorrow, I won't see, you, see your physical form anymore. But I'm not going anywhere. Nor are you. There isn't anywhere. As long as you identify with the body mind, you think you are a body mind, then you're going somewhere, including to the bottom of the ocean, like in your situation that we looked into years ago. You're going there. Liberate yourself. And if you liberate yourself, then it's not that you won't have pain. There's consciousness is still connected with the form. I have a bunch of it happening. And all it is, it functions as a reminder, reminder to let me know that not time for me to go yet. Hurts. But you have it. Everyone has some kind of pain going on. So the location is an illusion, just like the location at past or future is an illusion. You can actually be reborn in the past. Doesn't look like it, does it? And it and there will look like it because it's a relative construct. More? Good question. Any further questions, sir? Yoka Bowing. Josh has another question. Uh, Josh Bowing, is there a difference between knowing and taking a position on something? Bowing. Well, relative knowing is probably going to be taking a position on something. You go out and you look at your car and one of the tires is flat. There's a nail in the tire or something or the rim is leaking. So you take a position, you go and get, get it fixed. When it starts to happen in the mind stream, it's uh, less uh, the, the frequency there and the vibration in there is more rarefied. Thoughts are not flat tires. Thoughts about flat tires are uh, not necessarily flat thoughts. Follow me? Or does Josh, do you follow me there? If you do, we're in trouble. <laughs> so I, it's it's just um, it's so convincing to the self-centeredness that we can actually think about something and be accurate, or think about something and be not accurate, or think about something and have it not make any difference at all. To have any position on anything. So we have the position, but we're as it says in the Zen, one of the old Zen teachings. I I don't know if you maybe might remember who it is uh, before enlightenment. Chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Nothing happens. It's just a, a ancient way of saying the same thing. Nothing actually happens. Go ahead. Josh answered, I don't know. Oh, I like that. And Ian Ross both, and Eric also said thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for your generosity. Is there a final one before we close that someone is uh, uh, chomping at the uh, yeah, or just, Yes, go ahead. Um, do you dream, Sokuzan? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good dream last night. 
Um, so are you are you aware in your dreams? Uh, occasionally, usually, I, I know there's a we had, as you know, we had a retreat here pra- pra- a little while ago where we had a the, just the monks got together for uh, four days and had a dream uh, practice. And that's something that uh, Chazan in the past, was it four years ago, three, five years ago, conducted another uh, uh, retreat for people to study their dreams using lucid dreams and losing, using uh, out-of-body things. That's something I've been interested in since I started having that show up uh, in the early 60s. So uh, lots of really great material out there. And there's a lot of material that kind of goes in circles. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, are you doing some lucid dreaming, Navid? Um, um, yes, uh, I'm having some lucid dreaming. Um, what, what's that there, like for there you? Come, um, I had many different experiences in lucid dreams, but the thing that I don't know what to do with them. You don't have to do anything with them. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to do anything with them. I and mean, there are people who tell you otherwise. And but I'd say don't do anything. The most important thing I can tell you to do, and this is based on how this looks to me for being around for a long time, is sit in front of the wall while you're not dreaming, when you're awake, and see that this is a dream. This is the lucid dream, not the one you have at night. The one you have at night is extremely interesting and sometimes very scary. And uh, it can be because it's like suddenly you have this kind of ability to slightly move things around a little bit in the in the dreamscape and uh and yet you realize you're in a dream at the same time so that so therefore and you realize if you think of a of a purple duck suddenly it appears so this is a this is where the whole uh the whole reality of the situation becomes you start to uh, realize the value of lucid dreaming and and dreaming itself if you if you look at your dreams or write them down or keep track of them and reflect on them is to see that it's it's incredibly realistic while it's there. And then when we look back on it, it's like, what was even the lucid dream is, I think there have been a lot of, uh, and I haven't read anything on the topic, but I've read a few things on it. Even the even when they try to prove, have somebody dream something, we did some of that where, we, where you had a dream, uh, where we decided to try to move an object. That's been five, six years ago, hasn't it? And how did that go? We didn't move the object, did we? But it felt like something was happening. Wasn't it your experience? I mean, something was real and seemed real at the time in the lucid dream. Isn't that correct? And did you have a, a, a dream that you actually moved something or tipped it over? You didn't. Well, that must have been disappointing. <laughs> so did you have a question other than the one you asked of what should you do with it? How are you doing? Um, I was wondering... Um shouldn't be the case to be always aware in your dreams if you're enlightened. No, no, any position on anything. Well, I, what what am I saying? I'm not even enlightened. So how am I, how can I comment on it? I I guess I guess just gave a talk on that. So didn't I? So no position, even the position of enlightenment. I don't take that position. I don't have a position. That's my position. You could say, well, that's just, he says he's not enlightened or, or says that enlightenment is a position or, you know, you can, you can, you can get into a, a, some kind of a disagreement uh, about all of these uh, conceptual ideas. We are so hooked on to fastened to concepts about it rather than the actual wall we're looking at, the actual s- smell in our nose, the taste in our mouth, the color in front of us, 
find this out, realize, awaken. The sample dream is the one you have at night. It shows you what a dream is, including a lucid dream. It's still a dream. It's just that part of the consciousness has is, is showing up as some kind of a central uh, personhood there that sees that it is unreal. It, see, it sees that it has a reality that is extremely exciting and even scary. Because we're realizing it's a dream and it's insubstantial. <laughs> Things come apart. There's a past and a future come apart. When you pass away, which I hope will be many, many years from now, uh, so you can practice a long time, uh, then that whole area, then we actually pass into the dreamscape again, uh, except you don't have a, a, you don't have an astral body to, to uh, tag along with you, to connect you through your uh, physical form, your, uh, yeah, physical form. Oh, yeah, keep, uh, keep, Keep uh, doing that. If you have an interest, you can you can send him a. Uh, yeah. Jason will just shook his head and will, uh, is going to send you some material on that. Working with that, that he's practiced and taught about. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us from so long, so far away. It just seems like it's you're across the room somewhere. <laughs> Another illusion. Uh, are we? This would have been astonishing in the 18th century for this to suddenly show up. Oh, by the way, I just invented Zoom and, and, and computers and everything. I just wanted to share it with you guys. And just, but just for the Sangha, nobody else, no political parties get to use this. Okay. So you often say nothing happens, and this is the, the path that we try to look at that. So my question is, during the relative life, we all we often say making memories turn up, making memories. To me now, making memories is less appealing, even though I want to enjoy more for, for this lifetime with this experience. So I'm wondering when we when we making good memories and enjoy or treasure the life we have. With this experience, how can we be aware of not caught up in the maybe too much grasping? Bowing? So the way you ask the question, and this is this is a very uh, this might not be the response you're looking for, but the way you ask the question, you're already doing it. The most important thing I can say to you is not to manipulate anything. You're uh, make any response about what you should or shouldn't do about memories or enjoying your family taking photographs or thinking about your vacation uh, last year and what you're going to do this year, if anything, uh, not, not about so much about that. Just let that be whatever it is. Let, let that be what, but the important thing for you to do, get to the wall, get to that stillness where you're just sitting symmetrical. You're just receiving whatever shows up and train your mind to see, starting with your own thought forms and your emotions and your memories. When your body is very still, watch what moves without adding, Watch what moves without subtracting. Watch what moves without dividing. No, no passion, aggression, ignorance, if you can help it. And when you see that you can't do that, that is how the awareness, to use a relative description, gets stronger. And so that eventually the, the awareness is so powerful that it sees, it sees the unreality of everything. It sees that this is a complete dream. And that's why nothing happens. That's why en en enlightenment is without substance, because the substance we have here is all relative. We're in, we're, we're, we are, you could say, trapped 
locked into a physical world that seems so real. That seems real. And so therefore we buy into that relativity. But if you realize what this is, you can still be in this, uh, this illusion, but you're not deluded by it. You're not, nobody can dangle something out in front of you and magnetize you out of your Buddha nature into something else, into grasping or rejecting or shutting down. You can do that. Train your mind. See the truth yourself. No one can give you the truth. You have to see it yourself. But I can, like any, any other teacher, a true teacher who teaches out of what they're looking at, what they're seeing, what they're smelling, tasting, hearing, touching, feeling, thinking, they can point to it. Maybe if they, if they point, I guess they can point. That's what I am endeavoring to do based on what I'm seeing. And I have no credentials, I have no proof. And if you need proof, you're listening to the wrong guy. Thank you. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. So we can go ahead and do close out. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.